Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. You're listening to Beyond the Rut, a podcast about helping you live the life you've always dreamed of. Here are your hosts, Jerry Dugan and Brandon Cunningham. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Changing up the format. I love it. <laughs> We're like professionals now. <laughs> I think since Sean got thrown in jail, this is awesome. Oh gosh. So yeah, he should he should party in Mexico more often. Uh <laughs> but it, it's just amazing. You know, it doesn't take much to get him riled up and punching police officers, I guess. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and he has no control over this because I'm the guy who does the editing. So There you go. Uh, awesome. So I guess we should tell the folks who are new to Beyond the Rut podcast, uh, this is a podcast to help you, our listeners, make your own path to live the life you've always dreamed of. We firmly believe that everybody's got a, a gift, a God-given talent, uh, a dream that they've always wanted to pursue. And so we're here to help you unlock that, get past anything that's got you living a life in the rut years and years from now, you'll you'll be able to look back and say it was worth it. Um, so the main host who's going to take back over is Brandon Cunningham. He is the, the head of the show, uh, and we prove it by putting his picture first on our about page. Got a big head. <laughs> and, and he's got the beard. So yeah, that, that's a big part of it. Uh, I myself, I'm Jerry from therealjerrydugan.com, and I'm filling in for Sean Albright, who blogs over there at uh, seanalbright.com, and his, his blog is called 30ish and confused. And I believe that's because he's in his 30s and he's often confused. And, uh, I believe that would be the case. Awesome. You know, it feels so good to be on this side of the mic and make fun of him for a change. <laughs> well, one of the reasons we wanted to kind of shake it up was because not necessarily to shake it up, but uh, most of you don't get to see what Jerry does because most of it's behind the scenes. But uh, the big thing is we wanted a different perspective and you may or may not be real familiar with what Jerry does, but one of the big aspects of his life, besides being a father and husband, is just driving the message of men can do more. And uh, so we wanted to bring him back in and, and get him out from behind some of that to say, hey, you know, what do we need to talk about as men in the sense that what can you say positive to your spouse? Awesome. Yeah. And I'm so glad to actually be on the show and talk about that. Uh, and one thing in particular, I told Brandon, you know, hey, if I get to pick the topic, this is the topic I want to talk about. And that is, uh, what is that magic ratio of positive communication to negative communication? And the way it came to my attention was that uh, I, I recently went through some leadership training uh, where I worked during the daytime. And they were teaching these leaders that if you really want to connect with your employees, you, you got to be mindful of how you're speaking to them. And uh, they brought in this example, and it was actually research done by doctors John and Julie Gottman. They're big in the, uh, the mar healthy marriage world. And basically, the Gottmans can watch a video clip of a married couple speaking with with each other. And they'll know in about 30 to 60 seconds, the likelihood of that married couple going into divorce. And it boiled down to basically the ratio of positive interaction to negative interaction. And it's a five to one ratio. So right off the gates, five minutes into the show, and I've told you the magic ratio. 
<laughs> five to one. Yeah. Yeah. So for every one negative thing, there was at least five positive interactions in the couples that had the healthiest, happiest marriage relationships. And then there's further research, and I'll put all these links in the show notes. There's further research that they've done that shows that the surefire uh, ratio that ends in divorce is 0.8 positive interactions for every one. Wow. But for the most part, how do you get to 0.8 positive interactions to every negative one? Uh, it, it's one interaction at a time and that you know, to the point where that ratio goes from five to one to four to one to three to one, then one to one. And then all of a sudden you can't remember the last time somebody said something nice to you. The other person said something nice to you. And, and you wind up saying, when are you ever going to say something nice to me? And and then that bitterness comes in. And, and so I just thought, wow, you know, it's, we get there gradually. And then suddenly it's, it's like, wow, my wife can't say anything nice to me. And, you know, I've, I've run into men who've said that. Uh, I've even had moments where I thought that myself. I'm like, man, when's the last time Liv said something nice to me? And <laughs> I think the difference there is that, you know, Liv and I are able to talk it through. It's like, you know, Liv, you know, I, I feel frustrated right now because, you know, I, I just got home and in the first 10 minutes, I've, I've heard nothing but negativity come out and, and I feel like I, I just got home. I'm so happy to see you. you know, and, and so we were able to address it and vice versa. Like if I'm, you know, if I'm getting too grumpy on a Sunday, <laughs> uh, my family calls me out on it because the more negativity I put out, the more that's all they're going to remember of the day. And so I just thought it, it was very important for us to point out that there is a magic ratio when it comes to a healthy marriage relationship. And that is five positive, at least five positive interactions for every one negative one. I think the interesting thing that stood out to me was, uh, the one. It didn't say five positive interactions to zero negative ones. It it was uh, five to one. So there is room for the conflict. There is room for the negative interactions. And I think that's it, how couples grow and, and get to know each other on a deeper level. I think that's a great insight because most of us, like you said, you start out going, well, you know, five to, to five and then four to one. And, but you know, it, it slowly decreases over time. But how do you get out of that rut of marriage and and just relationships where you realize we're just kind of cruising along and this can even expand into just relationships friendships uh, mm -hmm. people that speak into your life but specifically we're kind of talking about uh, marriage here but also friendships are people actually speaking into your life on a regular basis are you being honest with them you know but i definitely love the aspect of a marriage because you realize at some point I've said every day that, uh, you know, you're beautiful or I like what you're wearing or I, I love you or whatever. And then as men, we tend to kind of get in that rut of, well, she knows I love her. She knows I think she's pretty. I, I don't need to say it every day. It is so important to send that message over and over and over and over again and not just say it like it's routine, like, Hey, I love you. But, you know, to make it genuine, like, hey, I love you so much. You did that for me. Thank you for doing that. You know, showing and saying it on a regular basis is, is very, very key. And what does it say? It's not what you said. It's how you said it. And so another big thing uh, when you want to send that positive interaction or set up that positive interaction is is showing interest in the other party. So, you know, when actually it's kind of flipped when I'm telling Olivia a very long story, <laughs> because all my <laughs> even my short stories are long. She's interested. She's asking questions. She's she's learning about my frame of reference and, and the history behind whatever it is I'm telling her. 
And, and she just keeps saying, what else? What else? What else? And she really just keeps the conversation going and, and she remembers it. And then that's, you know, it, it, to me, it's just like, wow, uh, she's really interested. And of course, for me, that's how she can show interest. And then of course, for her, the way I show interest is different. So it's also knowing your spouse enough. Uh, so for me, it's, you know, talking with me and asking questions and, and being excited with me. And, and for her, it's undivided attention. So putting down whatever other task I'm working on, looking at her, actually making eye contact with her. And even if I don't say anything, I'm showing interest. And, and that eye contact is probably a big thing. Uh, I've just read about it in a book called Communicate to Influence. You know, holding a gaze for about four to five seconds creates a human connection that you can't get anywhere else. So that, you know, that the first thing uh, you mentioned is telling your spouse you love them, telling them that you appreciate them. Uh, and then, uh, you know, just added showing interest and making eye contact uh, as well. Well, that is important. It's like what speaks to your spouse? You know, does does saying uh, you look beautiful matter or does making eye contact or does just sitting down and saying, you know, my phone's out of the way, the kids are out of the way. I'm going to listen to what you have to say right now. And in any kind of robot or just pretending like this all makes sense and we're Warden Jude Cleaver, not that most of you understand that, but if you're over 40, you probably understand that. But <laughs> my point is not that we're saying every time make a perfect conversation, but there are small things you can do. And and part of that is eye contact. You know, are you the most important conversation I'm having right now? And your wife or husband need that. And I get not every conversation we have is awesome exciting, you know, sci-fi kind of stuff, but paying attention and making eye contact can pay huge dividends towards that. Just showing your spouse that they matter. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, Back to the show. Along the same lines of the eye contact and showing genuine interest, being aware of our own body language. You know, are we are we sitting back and looking dejected? Did I just roll my eyes? Uh, the, the, the tone of my voice, does it sound menacing? Does it sound angry? I think I mentioned, uh, I think it was on my own podcast, uh, Family Time Q&A, shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> That'd be the fake Jerry Dugan. The fake Jerry Dugan dot com. Uh, but in any case, uh, I, I, I've talked about it on that show that uh, my, my kids have actually pointed out where I've got this angry S and, and that's been a big part of us really averting grumpy Sundays. So our grumpy Sundays have been getting fewer and fewer, and it's just because we're we're able to recognize that S. So whenever that S shows up out of nowhere, you know, Emma Emma's usually the one who calls me out. Uh, my little girl, she's like, Dad, you're doing the S. And then that's kind of like my cue, like, uh, you know, be aware of your voice, be aware of, you know, where's this coming from? Are you really angry at Olivia? And if so, 
can you communicate to her and with her in a way that doesn't cause her to detract or get away from the conversation? So body language is also a big thing. Um, are you facing Are you facing your spouse when you speak, or do you have like a shoulder turned to her or your back turned to her when you are talking? Are you gently putting your hands on her, like on her shoulder or on her hand, or are you going too far and trying to cop a feel <laughs> early in the game, so to speak? Yeah. Uh, so body language is huge, and you know, is it communicating? I'm in this conversation with you or is it communicating um, you're just there and we're just having a conversational transaction so that's something to be aware of and, and some some folks may have forgotten, you know, like, what is that like? You know, and, and yeah, the only thing I think of is go back to when you were courting your wife. You know, I heard Zig Ziglar say that in, in his final years, he, he came to Corpus Christi and spoke at a success seminar and you know, his memory was going. But there was one thing he kept repeating over and over, and that was, you know, if you're married, men, court your wife as if it was the first time you ever saw her and you're convincing her to go on a date with you. It just blew my mind. Here's this man in his in his final years. He's got all these great messages. All these people came here to hear him speak about success in business, success in sales. And what's the one thing he's talking about over and over and over again? Court your wife as if it's the first time you ever saw her and you're convincing her to go out with you. And I'm paraphrasing him, but it was just resounding. It was just like, I think he said it something like seven times. That's so true, though, because I I don't know how many men I've met that said, you know, well, she's this or she's that or whatever's happened in their marriage. And I'm like, well, do you open her doors? You know, do you do you have date night? Well, we have small kids and blah, blah, blah. The kids need to know that. And one of the things that, you know, I obviously know about you your family and you know about mine because we've known each other for so long is mm-hmm. the kids come after the marriage. Yes. And most people think, well, that's kind of cruel. It's like, no, that really means the kids come in addition to the marriage. So if you teach your kids that your mom comes first, because I want you to feel that way about your wife or your husband or whatever the situation is that you kind of go that way you're, you're living by example. You know, this is the way I want you to live. I want your wife to be more important than your kids. I want your husband to treat you more important than your kids. Your kids are going to live someday. And mine, uh, some of mine have, I've, I've got five kids, obviously three of them have, have moved on and two of them are still home, but Mm -hmm. Uh, you teach that by example. So that's a, that's a great example to say. Yeah. It's so important. What does a healthy marriage have to do with succeeding, say, in business or uh, or in any of your dreams? Like whatever your dream is, like what's the point of making sure that your family relationships are healthy? And, and for me, you know, I can't speak for you know anybody else, but I'm guessing based on how we designed the show and who we're trying to reach, um, they're probably like-minded. And so the question to really ask yourselves is, what would be the point if I reached all the levels of success that I wanted in my life, whether it was career, monetary, uh, politics, writing a book? What is the good of any of that if in the process I sacrificed my my marriage relationship or I sacrificed my relationship with my children? And so, and I've heard Brandon say it, uh, I've heard you say it a number of times, uh, especially on our earlier episodes of Beyond the Rut, uh, that if you want to be a good father, you got to first be a good husband uh, because your, your children are going to learn about marriage from the father 
from the mother. They're going to learn about not just marriage. You know, how are you going to treat your employees if you become a, a manager somewhere? And I think that's a great example of, you know, somebody's probably listening to this saying, well, okay, how does this relate to me in business? And I would say that it relates to you in business in the way that think about it. Are you working either for somebody or maybe you yourself are doing this? where you're there from early, early in the morning before anybody gets there and you're staying late and you're working through lunch and you're missing, you know, school programs and baseball games and practice and and maybe your daughter's doing ballet and you think, well, I'm not, that mom does that, but you never show up. You never meet the teachers. You don't meet the friends. You don't do those kind of things. And essentially what this podcast is telling you is that stuff's more important. And like Jerry alluded to is, you know, early on in my career, in my life is, you know, I sacrificed the family for wealth and for for prestige of just working hard and accomplishing a lot. And I lost the family because of that. So now being in my in my second marriage and, and understanding what I lost, I've reconnected with all the kids and all that kind of thing. I've realized that nothing matters more than that. Eventually, they're going to move on to their own families and you're going to wish you had made ballet practice or that school function or meet the teacher that what we're trying to tell you is take that opportunity now, not get 10, 15 years down the road going, I wished I had. Don't have regrets. Make your own path now where you get to look back and go, yeah, I made a little less money than that guy, but I was at every teacher function or at least most of them. I made ballet practice a few times. I made baseball practice a few times. I did these kind of things that matter way more than the promotion or the PowerPoint or whatever it was that seemed important at the office. I guarantee you that stuff's not more important than the things your kids are doing right now. Oh, yeah. It reminds me of really the the driving force that got me to leave the Army in the first place. Uh, And and it's been sort of a driving factor ever since. And that was, uh, you know, when I was in Operation Iraqi Freedom and started to hear about some of the things that people saw me do uh, and, you know, started connecting the dots with like the awards I received and just the legend of Sergeant Dugan, which wasn't a big legend, just for our unit, it was a big legend, I guess. And I just thought, gosh, you know, looking back on that, I I did some stupid stuff. You know, if I were to have been killed, am I going to be thinking to myself, gosh, I wish I won one more award? Or am I going to wish I actually made it home to, to hug my children and, and to hug my wife and tell them I love them and be with them and cherish them? And even to this day, any business trip I take, I, I love traveling. Uh, I love traveling with my family even more. And, yeah. you know, so when I'm on the road, like I was just on the road a couple of weeks in a row, and, and actually I think three weeks in a row, but you know, with a couple of touchdowns back back here in Corpus Christi, and it, it, it just reminded me of that. You know, hey, this is fun, but really at the end of my life, am I going to be glad I made these business trips, or am I going to be glad that um, I got to see my son uh, dress up as Waldo for Halloween and and his girlfriend matched? She was Winda. So where's Waldo? Where's Winda? And uh, we kept our eyes on both of them, of course, because <laughs> we weren't going to ask that go. question for real. Like, all right, seriously, where are they? Uh, but in any case, I was home for that. And I was just grateful that I could be home for that. And, and you know, Emma's doing the Nutcracker Ballet now. And, and so to be home for that, to be around for the rehearsals, to see her and Olivia getting prepared for those rehearsals and the, the, the ballerina bun that they put on her head. So anyway, just being there to admire the, the interaction that they have. I get to see my kids grow up. I get to have these moments because 
I have a healthy marriage with my wife and I'm, I'm invited into these moments and they're happy moments for me. You know, I want that for other people. I, I want other men to experience that now while they're still married, while their kids are still growing up before they hit that desperate point where they're like neck deep in that rut of marriage. Like, oh my gosh, I can't stand my wife and I don't know who my kids are and I, I hate my life. Let's start over and hit that self-destruct button. Like, so I, I want guys to kind of see that before they hit that roadblock. You know, there, there are probably guys out there that have hit that roadblock, and, and you're a great testimony that, you know, there is life after divorce. And so when you get a second chance, don't repeat your mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> That's so true is when you do, then, you know, admit that, hey, it, it part of it was your fault. You know, for whatever reason you got a divorce, look at yourself honestly and go, you know what? Did I really give 100%? Was I really present? Did I really say the things I needed to say or do the things I needed to do? And maybe the answer is no. And that's okay. As long as you say the next relationship I'm in, I'm going to pour into it. I'm going to do the things that matter. Because as some people know, and obviously a lot more people should know, is at, at one point in my life, I made probably twice as much as I make right now. And I'm totally more happy now than I was 15 years ago when I made more money. And I know people that make a bunch of money and I know people that make very little. And all we're trying to say as, as a, as a company and as a podcast is there are things that matter and the monetary things matter so much less than almost everything else. And that is across the board. We know people who have a lot. We know have people who have a little. And every one of them say the same thing. We're all happier if we have relationships, if we have purpose, than we are if we have stuff. Because I know people, and in fact, I know a guy that has a boat and a jet ski he never gets to use. And he's miserable because he works all the time. And I'm thinking, well, if I had a jet ski and a boat, I'd, I'd have fun with that. Yeah. But I probably wouldn't. I'd be working all the time to pay for that. So yes. I'm kind of glad I don't, although I'll take a jet ski. If somebody wants to sponsor us, we'll take a jet ski. But uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking the more stuff you have, the more debt you have, the more you don't live the way you should, the harder it is to live, the, the less happiness you have in your life. Oh, yes. Um, gosh, my mind's a blank guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I guess we've shared all the wisdom we have for tonight. Awesome. Uh, I do uh, have a couple of activities uh, to recommend that could help you get on that path to making sure that you do have that five to one ratio of positive to negative interactions. And again, this comes from uh, Dr. Polson, who I mentioned earlier in the episode. So some activities to help you achieve the magic ratio. Uh, you can start by keeping a journal for one week, just a week, but do it every day and review the various interactions that you've had with your spouse and list them in the journal. So how'd you say good morning? Did you eat breakfast together? And, and categorize the interactions as either negative or positive. Uh, so you got to be honest, though. If you if you want this to truly be a change that sticks, you got to be brutally honest with yourself. Now, what was the outcome of that interaction? So, uh, And then at the end of the week, uh, look at the journal, see how many negative interactions you had, how many positive ones, and, and don't quit. Like if, if you see that it was like a two to one ratio or a one to one ratio, don't say, oh, wait, crud, we're done throwing the towel. That's where you get to ask yourself, okay, is this truly a relationship I want to salvage? If it's your marriage, I hope the answer is yes. Start looking at 
how to increase those positive interactions. So what is it you're bringing to the table? You know, if I want more positive interactions from my wife, I need to supply it first. I need to plant those seeds. And so, you know, if I'm not happy with how Liv is speaking to me, I don't change that by making her or telling her, you need to speak to me nicely. You know, I'll point out when she's being overly negative towards me. However, I also add to that uh, intentional planting of positive interactions. And, you know, so plug at least two positive interactions uh, a, a day and, uh, you know, journal that. And then a week later, keep journaling and keep adding. And eventually what you'll find yourself doing is because you're taking these positive thoughts and you're turning them into positive behaviors, those positive behaviors are going to become positive habits. And you're going to find yourself in a habit of a five to one magic ratio for your marriage. So keep a journal. After a week, see how you've been doing and then make proactive steps to get to that five to one ratio. Brandon, uh, do you have any tips that you'd like to add before we close it out? Man, that is just great advice. It's it's very practical advice of things you can do today. You don't need to buy anything. You don't need to learn anything. You don't need to really, you know, change much, just minor, minor adjustments. And I would say, you know, a lot of us are going to get up tomorrow morning and say, yeah, but if I tell her she's beautiful, she's going to ask what's wrong. What What's going on? What's different? What's changed? And I'm saying that's okay. You know, let her think that and just say, you know what? I was just realizing that I was not really aware of what I had and what I should do. And I'm changing that and just leave it at that. So, you know, I'm going to just do a better job of that. And you don't have to go very far with that to just make a difference. Great. If you liked what you heard on this episode of Beyond the Rut, be sure to go to iTunes at beyondtherut.com slash iTunes. Rate our show subscribe to it and share us with your family and friends also you can see us on stitchers at stitcher stitchers uh, at stitcher (laughs) at beyondtherut.com slash stitcher and that'll take you straight to our page on stitcher if you're an android user and uh, you can also check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash zero one five um i think it's zero (laughs) one five so i think this was episode 15 and Thanks he's for listening. in charge of that, by the way. <laughs> I'll make it episode 15 now that I've said it. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, guys. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showvian myself... I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Capshow team today and join me inside that community.